Dear Shanghai fans, Shanghai trash, real Shanghai goods, and fake Laowais. This week's podcast episode is brought to you by China's May holiday, or as I call it, the third "Don't Travel in China" holiday. Unless you've bought your plane or train tickets 15 years in advance and are able to hold your breath for long periods of time in overcrowded touristic places, I strongly recommend anyone to stay at home and enjoy the local cherry blossoms, the sunny days, and the warmer pollution. Meanwhile, here's my guide to where to argue in Shanghai according to nationalities. Go to Yongkong Road to argue with French people, to the Kerry Center to argue with Americans, to Gubei to argue with Koreans and Japanese, to Hangshan Road to argue with Latinos, and to the Bund to argue with non-Shanghainese. I do not recommend arguing, though it is it is unhealthy and counterproductive. But speaking loudly in an aggressive way is socially acceptable here, especially if you have scratched another driver's car on the elevated highway at peak hours. Welcome to the 39th podcast episode of Shanghai Comedy Corner, the only podcast that will make you speak louder on your mobile phone. I'm talking to you from sunny downtown Shanghai, offering reasons to stop disagreeing and bringing you people of note via Shanghai Comedy Corner. This week. American-Mexican stand-up comedian Barney Rivera and I will harmonize your thoughts. It's random, it's fun, and it's as unexpected as a happy, smiley bus driver. Never seen one of those. You can find all links and more on our website, shanghaicomedycorner.com. Please follow us on our official WeChat account at SHCC Podcast. Hello, Barney. How you doing? Good. I'm good. Thanks for、uh, coming today. Oh, it's my pleasure. I've been、uh, watching you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> since you first、uh, appeared on the on the stand-up、uh, scenes, should I say? Yeah.、Um, but it hasn't been that long, has it?、Uh, no, not here in Shanghai, at least.、Um, I've been here for about、uh, just shy of two years,、mm. and、uh, I came here、uh, not knowing that there was even any stand-up here. So I was really, really happy when I found out that there was a stand-up.、Uh, somebody actually challenged me. They said, they asked me what.、Uh, What do you like to do? I gave him a bunch of things I like to do, and one of them was stand up. And he's like, "Oh, you're not a stand up." It's like, "No, no, I, I am." And he's like, "Oh, let's let's check it out. I'll find you a place, and you go." And they found me an open mic, and、uh, the rest is history. <laughs> <laughs> so first of all,、uh, I don't like lying to my audience,、yeah. and I know Barney Rivera is not your full name. Yeah, <laughs> I've asked for your full name. You just gave me Barney Rivera. Yeah, but I've heard Polly the other day say your full full name. Yeah, yeah.、Um, so, so yeah, yeah. So I got so it's、uh, on my American passport. I have two passports: my Mexican and, and American passport. On my American passport, it's just Barney Rivera. Okay. But on my Mexican passport in Mexico, you have to add your mother's last name as well.、Oh. And then,、uh, as far like as far as a middle name kind of nickname, they I also have Arturo. So my full name is Barney Arturo Rivera Sanchez. Wow, that's beautiful. <laughs> oh, thanks. Bars. <laughs>、uh, Right, bars. Yeah, bars.、Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, t- tell us about more about your childhood and upbringing. Where did you grow up?、Um, well, when I was really young,、uh, we moved back and forth. We were in Mexico most of the time, and、uh, up until I was a teenager, we spent most of our time in Mexico.、Um, I started going to school when I was,、uh, you know, a, a young kid in the in California, right across the border. Uh, but when I was 13, my parents divorced, so I moved in pretty much full time with my dad in California. So from that point on, I was in California. Okay. Did you、uh, were you inspired by your experiences as a child to to do some stand up?、Um, 
actually, I mean, I was a middle child, so I kind of had to keep peace. Be- I have two sisters, mm-hmm. and uh, I had to keep peace between the two all the time. So I kind of had to, you know, like just some comic relief in between, and you know, talking to my parents. I was just a silly kid all the time, just trying to do whatever I could to make people laugh and stuff. But I didn't really think of stand-up comedy. It was just more like. Uh, let's see how I can get a laugh or do something dumb to get them to, uh, you know, to smile or something. I just wanted to get some attention when I was a kid. <laughs> so did you did you live anywhere else before China? Yeah, yeah, yeah I moved around quite a bit. Um, I lived in Indiana. I lived in, uh, in South Bend, Indiana. I was in Chicago for a bit. I lived in Palm Springs area. Then I moved to Orange County. Then wow. Long Beach. Uh, then went to Mexico for a bit. And then I was in L.A. for about... Seven years before I came, uh, eight years before I came here, and uh, I've been in Shanghai ever since. Wow, quite a globe tour, especially in the states. Um, I've looked at your l- previous work experiences, mm-hmm. and I must say, the <laughs> list is impressive and not exhaustive. Uh, but just to uh, tickle the uh, audience's curiosity. We have Paperboy, yeah. uh, Picking produ- Produce, uh, Kung Fu Instructor, uh-huh. Cafeteria Employee, uh-huh. Burger King Employee, <laughs> Copy Center Employee, Forklift Operator, College Math Tutor and Teacher's Assistant, Kids Guitar Instructor, PE Teacher, Geotechnical Engineer for a Civil Engineering Company. Now, what sort of con man are you? <laughs> <laughs> I got to make a living, man. I got to, I, you know, it's just when the Paperboy thing, that's when I was 13. That's when I first got a job. I needed some extra money, right? So um, I started, you know, delivering paper in, in my hometown. But uh, yeah, all the other stuff is just, you know, um, like the cafe, like working at the cafeteria at my university was yeah. just, you know, you know, they told me, oh, you know, you can get free food, you know, if you work here, plus you get paid. I said, oh, I'm doing that. Right. Yeah. Then I got moved around, started, uh, you know, worked at Burger King and stuff. But it was just pretty much wherever I could, you know, wherever I moved to, I had to start all over. So wherever I can find a job, I, you know, I had to do that. And whatever talents I had, like I used to play baseball when I was a kid and I played a little bit of ball when when I got out of uh, high school. Um, so then, you know, so they're like, oh, you, you can play ball. Cool. Then come teach PE. And so I started teaching PE like on the, the during the summers and stuff. Nice. Uh, and uh, just whatever I could, whatever I could, you know, just getting in there. I got really lucky with the geotechnical engineer. I, I didn't study engineering. I was a I studied mathematics and uh, they found me at the copy center. And there was a guy that just kind of said, hey, man, um, you going to school? I was like, yeah. He's like, what do you study? I said, I study philosophy and math. He goes, well, who cares about the philosophy? But the math, <laughs> the math. And he's like, okay, well, who are you, right? I don't know who the guy is. And he's just like, oh, no, I have a civil engineering company. He's like, well, you want to come in for an interview? I said, yeah, sure. I give him my number. It was, this is was like November of 2005. And he didn't call me. And I was like, oh, this guy's just, he's just trying to make chit-chat, right? He's just yeah. trying to be nice. He comes, he comes back in like four months later. He goes, oh, I forgot, you know, can I get your number again? And I said, he just kind of said that because he ran into me. He doesn't want to seem yeah. like a jerk. He's like, oh, let me try again, right? But he called me the next day and he, I went in for an interview uh, the next day and I got a job, started working on Monday. Wow. So I got really lucky. They gave me on-the-job on training and stuff. So Amazing. Yeah, yeah. So it paid well. It was, it was good. I, I got really lucky with that job. Excellent. Uh, my next question, if I can find it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, comedy in Shanghai. First of all, when did you start stand-up? Because you said you started before. Huh? Yeah, yeah. So I started in 2009. Um, this little place in Anaheim, the very first place I did stand-up, is called The Other Place. I don't even know if it's there anymore. But uh, I started making the rounds there for a while, and uh, I didn't really take it that seriously uh, because 
it was, I mean, it was just kind of a hobby. It was just for fun. I have a friend of mine invited me to one of his buddies' open mics, and he went up there and he was, "Why don't you try it?" I said, ah, "I don't know, right?" I, I've always liked comedy, but I didn't think I was going to be able to go up there. Uh, after like two times that he asked, I finally went up there and I tried it out, and then I got stuck. I was like, "Wow, I really, really like this, right?" I, it was great. Um, I wanted to go up all the time, but uh, after a little while, like I took a break because I went back to school to uh, to study again, and uh, it kind of took a back seat. After uh, I was with an ex-girlfriend after we broke up all of a sudden I thought well I'll go back to doing stand-up comedy again and at the end of 2012 I decided to just do it as much as I possibly could and I you know I was doing 12 to 15 open mics and any kind of book show I can get per week you know just wow. going back to back to back three shows per night just moving around wherever I could it was like I'm driving I, I mean I don't know if you know where these cities are but I was driving from like Orange County mm. up to Burbank and out to Redlands it's like you know it's maybe 150 kilometers in one night just to get at any wow. open mic getting like three minutes at three in the morning i mean it was crazy but it you know you kind of you kind of learn a lot because you you bomb so much at that time you you're just bombing like 60 70 percent of the time and you're just happy when you get one laugh you know and it's just but you know you you're, you're paying your dues pretty much is what yeah. they say right and little by little i started getting a little bit better i started getting a little recognition and, you know i started doing a little bit more uh like higher clubs and stuff getting invited and stuff like did flappers and i did the improv like oh, uh, the wow. brea and hollywood and you know it's, it's just you start growing a little bit right and um i started taking it a little bit more seriously and i thought wow maybe i can do something like this but i was such a small 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 fish in such a huge pond there you know it's just so many like really talented comedians there and it was just like i know this is going to take me a long time yeah um it takes years yeah yeah absolutely and it's still it's still i still have a long way to go but, uh, you know, I came here, I came to uh, to Shanghai, and um, there was nothing here that, that I knew of. And all of a sudden, I, I found out, I was like, wow, there's this place, it's called Kung Fu Comedy, right? I went in there, they had an open mic, and they, they invited me in, it was fantastic. And they, you know, they, they're like, oh, you've been doing it before. I said, yeah, I used to do it in LA. And, uh, you know, they were they were super nice to me, and they, they you know, they're like, why don't you come out, we'll tour, you know, we'll go in here and there, and to be honest, like, they bumped me up as far as getting to know comedians a lot, like, higher mm. comedians, well-known comedians, a lot faster than I think I ever would have in Los Angeles, which was a blessing. I went back, now I know a lot of, like, a lot of the people there, and, um, you know, it's, it was, you know, it was a really good thing, and so I got here, uh, did, did comedy with them for a year and a half, and, uh, you know, and we're still going. That's that's fantastic. So, what's your best memory so far doing stand up in Shanghai? That's like a memorable <laughs> moment. Um, well, it was uh, <laughs> there was a there was a time we did a show at the Pearl, and uh, there was a you know I was I was opening for uh, for Butch Bradley. He was having some shows there, and I remember it was it was a weird thing i mean it wasn't anything crazy but i went up there and i ended up starting doing a show and there was a girl in the front row she just kept wanting to talk for no reason she's just talking talking nobody else was listening to her and she wasn't asking like being rude or anything she was just she just decided to have a conversation with me like <laughs> where are you from how are you wait what where did you say how old are you i was just like are we having you know it was, it was just like we're having a conversation That's here comedy goal man yeah right? <laughs> it was a fantastic show for her i think i think she thought the show was for her but uh, yeah, it was just it was a really fun moment. But it was just and the show went great. Like it was really nice. Uh, you know the the whole crew that was there. It went really well. And uh, you know Butch killed it that night. But uh, it was just it was just strange. It was just you know just having this single conversation. Everybody else say like, sorry guys, I'm having a conversation. Like I'm, I know you came here and paying, but you know I'm here for her. I guess I don't know. It's, <laughs> but it was fun. It was fun. <laughs>
<laughs> All right. Uh, well, let's make some announcements. I'd like to just uh, say a few things about what's going on in Shanghai yeah. at the moment. And if, if I forget things, please uh, let me know. Uh, obviously, uh, Shanghai Tickler every Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, and now they do Fridays. Uh, uh, well, uh, I don't know what the difference is or what's going on here, but it's two nights, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, the tickler is every every once in a while. So the every Tuesday for sure, right? Yeah. And every, every Tuesday now at the the Shanghai Comedy Club, yeah. right at Marseille. So they're they're doing every Tuesday. They moved there a couple of months ago. Now um, on Fridays they do an open bar, open mic kind of deal, right? And that's not every single Friday but yeah. they're trying to do it uh, two times a month and it might be just one time a month but we're trying to keep it consistent right we're, we're at as far as the Shanghai Comedy Club they're trying to get a showcase at least once or twice a month and then we're gonna have a visiting comedian and on top of that um, they're gonna have the open bar open mic and it was, it's a it's a great great you know <laughs> great show it's just yeah. people getting a little sloppy uh, you know you get some hecklers and stuff but you roll with the punches and it's yeah. it's a really fun night right? it's as close as it gets to being in the sights basically yeah I, yeah, absolutely to some of the places I, man I remember there's this place called the Anchor Bar in uh, in Newport Beach and uh, Costa Mesa Newport Beach and that's the place I remember going there if you want to work on like with hecklers and on your you know crowd work you go there because it's guaranteed it's a, it's a sports bar and the guys are watching sports 10 o'clock everybody turns around and it's like who's this jackass up there doing comedy you know why should we listen right and they, they're always drunk and talking and they think they're funnier and stuff so it's a great place to do it. and it, this, that Friday show the open bar open mic is really close to that yes. it's a really really great I've feel I've been to a couple of them you know and it started really early <laughs> i remember this guy it was one of the first guys to go up yeah and then somebody shouted some racial you know right off the bat huh right off the bat <laughs> and then right off the bat someone else got up and shouted back at the guy yeah. and tell him to shut up and i was like this is only 8.30. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> one of the audience members was like he got up and was really pissed it right was, it just it was like I was like, it was ten times angrier than it. Yeah, it's like wow. You act like they paid a bunch of money. It was a free show too. I mean, you pay for the for the open bar, but if people are like, you know what? Let me let me enjoy my drunkenness yeah. and listen to these people. Yeah, it was it's it's great. It's great. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, uh, another open mic that we're going to talk a little bit more yeah. is the Patis. Yes, on Thursdays. Yes, every Thursday. Uh, yeah, every Thursday. Uh, there was uh, the the way that started actually was. Uh, the the general manager now is uh, was a, a guy that was on my softball team and we got to talking and he really wanted to get uh, something going on Thursdays and there's a uh, you know him uh, another guy that runs it is uh, Ian and he, really really nice guys and they they offered me they said listen um, would you want to do an open mic type of thing I said yeah that's fine you know I let's keep it an open mic I don't want to step on any toes and it'll just give another night of, of open mic for all the comedians in Shanghai. So we got that going uh, last year in June, I believe, was the first time we had it. And we've had it ever since. It's uh, It's been building little by little. Uh, the room is getting a lot better. There's, they're putting... Uh, more you know more uh, money into it to to promote it a lot more and it's uh, it's slowly growing it's becoming a really really good room when you know when we started just like in any place when you start you're you're lucky if you get you know two or three people coming in people are there sometimes they eat and they don't you know they're like well, what's going on right what, what are these people until yeah <laughs> why are they interrupting our dinner here right it's like we're trying can you shut up up there right it's just <laughs> but uh people now know that it's a comedy place and people are asked you know if you're here to check it out you, you know 
you can stay or you can go and have your uh, dinner somewhere else, like right in the next room. Yeah. Um, and they're like, no, no, we're here to watch the comedy. And it's growing. It's it's getting really good. The crowds are, uh, you know, a lot more playful and stuff. And uh, that's also one of the rooms where, you know, they're not rude, but they'll talk back, right? Hmm. You, you ask them a question and they'll, they'll say so something So it's a little quick. bit different from the other open mics. Yeah, respects, yeah. Right? Yeah, definitely. Because it, it's, it's also, you know, it's it's a restaurant as well right the, okay. the other open mics are there specifically for the open mic mm. and this place is a little bit bigger it's got a lot more room and you know sometimes when there's not a lot of people there the laughter dies a bit but when you know when now that it's growing and there's a lot of people when you when you're up there and you get a laugh you really hear it you know and it's it's a really good feel it's a, and it's a neutral place it's a nice place where people can you know come watch it's a free comedy show it's every single thursday and uh, a lot of the comedians you know did really really well there you know did the you have to pick the energy up there because you have to captivate the people and so a lot of the comedians they they find their voice in that they're they have to speak up they got to get louder because people don't hear them when you're up in a smaller room it, you know you you can kind of keep quiet and do that that thing but there uh, you get your personality you get your you get your chops a little bit right and so it's a good it's a good training ground i think you know to to do comedy and like i said earlier you have to kind of pay your dues you have to bomb in order to get yep. to that point where you know you're doing you the know best what works and what doesn't exactly exactly because when you do really well all the time you kind of get some false confidence yep. and sometimes you do um, rooms and everywhere this is everywhere you know in, in la here in shanghai and you know uh, Beijing and you know you have rooms where it's it's a kill room which are fantastic for the ego and for for a good night it's fantastic but sometimes you actually have to go to a place where you have to work harder mm. to get to that of because course, yeah. you get that and you you get that you will be able to roll with the punches no matter what happens you grow. Yeah, yeah absolutely cool uh, uh, other things in town uh, Urban Aphrodite is putting up Fight Club uh, I've heard lots of things about it there's a preview video somewhere online and uh, I strongly recommend to book your tickets super fast because it's already full for uh, the first night so go for it uh, Kung Fu Comedy Club is still hosting a lot of uh, stand-up comedy so check their website check their their schedule uh, Zmack is, there's no Zmack improv show at the moment but there's an improv class opening soon so if you want to try out uh, there will there'll be a couple of like tryout sessions for those who uh, want to see their they can participate. May thirtieth, uh, right? Um, Mac is May thirtieth. That's the next show. But before yeah. that, the Mac class is going to, ah, okay. to open. Yeah, yeah. But May thirtieth is the next show at uh, Massey Shanghai yeah. Comedy Club. For all information, follow them on WeChat Zmac Shanghai or uh, Zmac.net online. Uh, it's not related to comedy uh, directly, but I'd like to give a shout out to my friend Frank Bray at the Pearl because this weekend uh, there's a swing and soul party at the Pearl, 9:30 p.m. 100 RMB pre-sale, 200 at the door, so you can see what they're doing here. Uh, and so I strongly encourage you if you haven't been to the Pearl just for the venue, and the shows are great, yeah. but the venue itself is a feat. Uh, and uh, and Frank is fantastic. And Frank oh, is an amazing what a voice. singer. Definitely, what a performer. So you will, you know, get your get your worth of money here. Uh, line ten, North Sichuan Road, is super easy to go in Hong yeah. Kong. Two minute walk from the su subway. Uh, also, uh, I'd like to ask you about your personal quirks. So <laughs> uh, apparently, you want to. Uh, 
solve puzzles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know what it is. It's just um, like I, I remember I, when I was uh, in 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 high school. I was a sophomore, tenth grade, and I, my the teacher that was teaching me, he, it was my biology class. And for some reason, I just I didn't like doing homework. I didn't like doing, but he knew that I I really like solving puzzles. And it's just a thing when I when someone gives me a puzzle or some kind of something to solve, right? I have to I have to follow through until I get the answer. Mm. It's just a thing that I just I you know it, I'm uneasy if I don't if I don't solve it. When I was in tenth grade, he actually said, "Listen, I'm gonna give you a Rubik's cube. If you if you solve this this Rubik's cube, I'll give you extra points so you don't have to do the homework. Just show up and do the test. I was fine doing tests. I just hated doing the homework and stuff." So he gave me a Rubik's cube and he's like, I'll give you a couple of weeks, right? I came back in like the following week and I was like, oh, here, I, I was able to solve. He, you know, he messed it up and then I solved it, you know, within, I think it took me the first time in front of him. It took me about eight minutes wow. and then I got it under five. But it was just something that, you know, it's just my, my, I don't know what it is. Like just for me, maybe that's why I went towards math. As far as my, my writing and spelling, I'm horrible at spelling. I'm, you know, I'll, I can't even spell a, you know, monosyllabic word. You know, I, I mess up sometimes, right? I'm so glad there's autocorrect because I would be, they'd be like, this guy's an idiot, right? But uh, as far as, as far as math and stuff like that, it, it's just, that's my, how my brain works and I have to solve it. Have you be, ever been approached for the role of Rayman or something? <laughs> I'm not that smart. I'm, I may be that slow, but I'm not that smart. <laughs> You're a bit autistic that way. Huh? I, yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, and you are, uh, obviously, you are against bullying. Uh, yeah, yeah. Physical yeah. or intellectual. Is there a, like, have you done anything special? Uh, uh, yeah, I uh, mean, I, I can't. I can't stand to see like if somebody's getting bullied, wh whoever it is. I I can't sit there and, and do nothing. I don't know what it is. Um, if somebody tries to come off like, oh, I'm so much smarter than this person. This person's so stupid, and they're actually showing and just being a bully about it. I just I, I step in. I don't. I mean, even has not if it has nothing to do with me. Yeah. I step in. There's a little actually. There's a little stain like in my right eye, uh, because I saw some bull. This is this happened like 12 years ago. But there was a a. a bigger guy bullying some younger kid and I was just playing basketball with some friends and I said is this is this really happening and I was like if he does anything I have to go over there right the guy swung hit the kid twice and I, I had I went over there and I was like you know what pick on somebody your own size even he was a little bit bigger than me I'm not that big of a guy and you know and he's just like who are you I'm like I'm his friend he goes you don't know him I was like well he's my friend now right and so I got into a fight and there was somebody recording with a camera and I was thinking okay well I gotta make sure he swings first so then I can claim yeah. self-defense so I, you know, I taunted him until he actually swung twice. He actually scratched my eye, and it's just been getting bigger. But, um, but yeah, it's just, I can't, I can't just sit there and do nothing. I, I really don't like bullies. It's just is that why uh, some people considered you a superhero during a <laughs> motorbike incident? <laughs> you oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a cr oh man, that was one of the. I was actually coming back from the Pearl that night. I we did the show at the Pearl. That was the the same, the night. same night. The same night. Yeah, I was I was driving home. Uh, it's, so you ride a motorbike? Right? Yeah, I ride a motorbike. Like a big one or what? No, it's just like a little scooter, but it's oh, you know okay. it's a little petrol bike. Oh yeah. Uh, maybe like 100, 100 cc, hundred twenty yeah. cc. It's a smaller one, but um, yeah, I was I was riding home. I was you know it's, it's not like I was drinking or anything. I was just I was riding home. I was trying to hurry up, and uh, you know you got to be careful. The car just crossed right in front of me, and right when I you know I was probably going about 50, 50 kilometers an hour. I just I, he saw me and he just turned and looked and just stopped and I said no no keep going I try to go around him hit the front of the car the bike just completely stopped I did a front flip over the hood of the car landed about maybe 10 11 meters Whoa. over just landed flat in my head I'm just thinking okay 
you're gonna hit the floor right before you impact make sure that you land flat keep your chin down and as soon as you hit the ground, extend your arms and legs to... You well, know, you had time listen. to think about that? Well, it was a real quick thing. Like, everything was going in slow motion. <laughs> to be fair, I had my eyes closed. I was scared. Like, <laughs> and I, so I was flipping. I hit the ground. And, uh, you know, I did everything. hit the ground. I missed a tree by maybe, maybe a half a meter. And I was so glad I missed it. I landed right next to it. And uh, I opened up my, my eyes. And I, was, like, I moved my toes. I was like, okay, that's okay. I moved my fingers. Like, that's okay. I, I got up. And then there was like some taxi cab drivers there and they're just like looking at me like, what? How is he up? How's he walking? Are you okay? What? They, they went over and looked at the bike. The guy got out of the car. He looked at me. He looked at the bike. And then I looked at him. He goes, didn't you see him? I said, you saw me. And he looked over and he looked at the bike, looked at me. He's like, oh man, this guy, this guy's, I don't know who this guy is. A super. He got back in his car and just took off, he, you know. Wow. And I got really lucky too because... You know, I'm not supposed to be driving a motorbike, and yep. you know, and uh, you hit a local person, and you're always at fault. You're always wrong. So yeah, so actually, one of the taxi cab drivers was like, "Get in the car, get in the car, I'll take you, I'll take you." And I called my friend uh, Storm, and he's just like, "Yeah," he said, "He doesn't know how you're walking, man." And he's wow. like, "He's translating for me." He goes, "But he said get in the car because you know, if the cops come, they're gonna they're gonna well, take that was you very in." Nice of oh, that. absolutely, yeah. So you know, I moved my bike, I put it somewhere safe, and uh, I got in the taxi and went home. It was <laughs> it was. It was crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, I got I didn't get hurt at all. Wow. Okay. Uh, you also mentioned uh, your one of your best moments in life was uh, to help save crops. Oh yeah, this and is. I, I'd uh, like to hear about it because it sounds like a beautiful story. Yeah, I'll try to make it short because it's it's quite long. But I started a foundation where I would have coffee donated, and uh, for each pound of coffee, I would take a donation. Didn't matter if they wanted to give you know, $5 or $10, or this is in California. Um, and so I would get people to, you know, donate mostly at universities and stuff. And so I raised a decent amount of money. And what I did with the money, I, I went down to uh, the Chiapas area and northern and southern Mexico and northern, excuse me, Guatemala. And I went down there and I talked to some of uh, there's there was lawyers down there for human like human rights violations and stuff and I don't know if you know the story down but they're they're trying to become an autonomous region and they technically are uh, but there's a lot of Mayan people down there so I went into the jungles uh, near Ocosingo and I met up with uh, some of the liberation theologists uh, you know pastors there or fathers and I also met up with like I said uh, lawyers for human rights violent rights violations and stuff and. And I also met up with some of the uh, Zapatistas that were down there, just a movement that started in 1994, prior to that, but they, they rose up in 94. And uh, some of those people like in the outskirts of the jungle um, were able to benefit from that money. And you know, I, got, I was able to talk to some of them, uh, specifically uh, a guy named Candido, and he took me to his village and I donated some of the money and it was, I was able to pay for two uh, more seasons of crop corn they you know that was yeah. their main the main crop so yeah and then donating some of the money to as this is a very very small office and they're doing a lot of stuff pro bonos to the uh to some of the lawyers there um so yeah that was one of my it was a very happy moment it was a proud moment i think so uh, you, you seem to be really uh, uh committed and devoted to to you know the latin part yep. of your of your life you yeah. know and how do you bring that into the comedy? I'm because you. I remember you making some jokes. Yeah, about yeah, walking absolutely. Walking down Singapore, uh, some streets, and walking near, like a construction. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I like to know, 
you know, do, are you are you aware at all times that you are from Mexico? You know, you are from Mexico, but you have also that double culture. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that, does that channel through your comedy? Absolutely. Or? If you come see a show, you'll hear you know a lot of it. it. To be to be fair, like I started that way because that's what I know. That's what I've experienced. That's what I know. That's what I can talk about. And I, you know, it's it's something that comes out naturally, right? So I had a maybe a voice, a mic to actually get that out, and. That's how it started. And I kind of want to uh, go a little bit away from that now because I don't want to be just known as, oh, the, the Mexican comedian, right? I, yeah. I want to be able to speak about a lot of things. But absolutely, absolutely, it's influenced that. And, you know, uh, growing up, you know, being in Mexico, it's a different experience, you know, because everybody's, you know, we're all Mexicans, right? But, you know, being Mexican in the U.S., you kind of, you form like a bond with other Mexicans or you, you know, but not just with them. It's just, it's just a different culture. So you kind of get accustomed to it. And of course that influences a lot of the comedy, you know? And so, um, I think that's why there's still a lot of that element of, mm. you know, talking about my Mexicanness on stage and it's something really easy. I think that I can express and, um, it didn't, when I would do it back in California, it wasn't anything really special because they're all pretty much Mexican too, right? <laughs> it's the second capital of uh, of Mexico is L.A. So uh, there I kind of had to work. I had to make it a little bit uh, smarter, I guess, because you have to have an edge. You can't just say, oh, I'm Mexican. So he's like, yeah, so what? What's the big deal, right? But here uh, it's a little different. There's not as many. And, you know, you bring a different element to it here. And, I, you know, it's not I, – I identify also here with uh, with other brown people that it's just like, oh, well, this is my experience here. Oh, yeah, me too. I have a very similar experience. So it's not even – you leave. It's not just about being Mexican. It's about Latinos. And then and then you expand. It's like it's about being brown in China. It's about this. So little by little, you start, you know, incorporating a, a lot of that stuff. How, how big or how active is the uh... – Latino community in Shanghai. Do you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm actually involved in. Uh, I'm in a few uh, groups, and there's there's quite a there's quite a few. You know, there's they're building a huge, uh, you know, inter like intercultural communication, and and they're shipping a lot of stuff. They're trying to do a lot of business in Latin America now, and I'm getting to meet a lot of uh, a lot of other Latinos, not just Mexicans, a lot of Latinos. Which actually is leading me to start a, hopefully very soon, start kind of like a TV program okay. that is going to interview a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of artists, a lot of, you know, whatever it is that you have to offer. If you're a Latino in Ch in Shanghai, you know, come in, kind of interview you. You can promote your, your stuff, um, what you're doing here, how long you've been here, stuff like that, right? And to get that community going because there is quite a big community of Latinos in Shanghai. So what are your projects? What is the next step for Balne Rivera? Well, I'm still trying to uh, grow as a comedian. Uh, I will think I will always continue to grow. You know, if I, if I ever think I'm done, then that's probably when I should quit because you know everybody has to keep growing. But um, yeah, just trying to continue with the Sapatas. I'm trying to get uh, the Shanghai Comedy Club, you know, a little bit more traction. Uh, traveling around uh, Asia and hopefully in other countries outside of Asia. Um, the TV show hopefully will yeah. launch it um, at the end of maybe may or early june well, that's that's soon where where can we hear about it uh well we're it's still in the process we're still trying to figure out uh trying to get the loose ends tightened up a bit but uh it will be at the shanghai comedy club at Masse, okay. and we'll be recording it it'll be once a month it'll be about an hour-long show and um i'll keep you posted it'll be on my website at uh, barney rivera barney rivera comedy.com and I'll, you know, anything, anything that's coming up will be on that website. And so you can, you can check it out. 
So also there is a an effort to go and help uh, people in Nepal. Absolutely. So uh, we're, this I've been really like so happy to see all the different things across mm. Shanghai uh, having to help you know all the, the the people in Nepal. So one one of the solutions, one of the options that you have to support uh, to support that relief is to go to. Uh, well, this. This Friday, this Friday, yeah, yeah, tomorrow, or yeah to, this to, Friday. But we're we're gonna continue. Um, I have a friend, uh, Amina, mm. that's going to start up something that she's gonna try to do it. Also, maybe once a month, where we bring um, artists from all corners of Shanghai to do benefit shows, right? To raise money. And at this time, it'll be for Nepal, but there's always some somewhere, some place that's going to need it, right? If there's a a local uh, school that needs to be built, or if there's you know. Uh, Maybe needy children that you know, whatever, wherever it needs to go. Uh, she's starting up something new, and uh, it's it's the first one is going to be this Friday. And I know there's so many places in Shanghai, you know, in Hong Kong. I know that they're running a show down there for benefit comedy for benefit. Uh, Kung Fu Comedy is running something this Friday as well. There's so many little places that are are opening uh their you know their arms yes. to to help out and that's i think that's fantastic and we got to keep doing it and we got to this is this is a good thing no matter how you look at it this is a good thing bringing in people to to help out having a good time but at the same time knowing why you're doing it and helping out yes. it's it's something for us to be able to give back for something that matters exactly i'm, I'm very glad we've been talking about this cuz that leads into the next thing i'd like to make a special announcement yeah. on this podcast because uh I, as an improv person, I read a lot about improv and I follow uh, blogs. And one of the most famous blogs that anyone can follow uh, to learn more about improv is jimmycarain.com. And Jimmy Carain is kind of the current guru of improv, but I love his spirit and I love his podcasts. Uh, I love his shows and his work. And he just wrote a fantastic blog post that, th- that I think can apply to any community, yeah. be it improv, being stand-up, being anything you want. Uh, but I like his experience is is amazing and his his thinking is amazing. So I'm gonna read very quickly read some of the blog, the blog post, and I like people here in Shanghai listening to replace some of the words that he uses like theaters by venues to open it up for Shanghai. Uh, he says improv, but you can replace it with stand up. You can replace it with storytelling. You can replace it with a lot of different things. So he says, I've been traveling around the country a lot lately, teaching improv in all different cities. And one thing I've noticed in some communities is that improv can feel like gang warfare. There are theaters that don't want their students studying or performing at other venues. They're all protecting their turf. I get it. They're scared. They think there is only so much money, so many improvisers and so much audience to go around. That is not true. In fact, if they all work together, they will all be better off. I have seen it firsthand. For years, it was exactly the same story here in Chicago. Luckily, in the past decade or so, things have changed in the Chicago improv community for the better. When I started out, things were very territorial. You were identified with the place you performed at. And if you wanted to go perform at another theater, you felt shunned and ostracized. When a new theater or group popped up and gained popularity, people became threatened. It was definitely an us-against-them mentality. I remember some of my friends from Iowa, Chicago, when I started out, would give me shit for joining the Annoyance Theater, the same way we gave people shit when Second City didn't hire someone from the I.O. 
I didn't dare hang out with people from comedy sports because we all felt we were superior. In a lot of ways, the improv community was segregated. Slowly, however, things began changing and the walls came crashing down. The size of community could not be contained. The new generation of improvisers moving to Chicago did not care what they were performing. They just wanted to get good at the art form. Thank God for that. Today, the Chicago improv community is thriving, with the Neonoyans and IO Chicago moving to bigger, snazzier spaces and the Second City Training Center expansion coming soon. There are now a slew of smaller storefront theaters that provide improvisers more opportunities to perform. By adding more theaters, you'd think that they would all be competing for the same tiny pool of improvisers. But in fact, the more theaters there are, the more improvisers there seem to be. Imagine that. This is all possible because of the cross-pollination of the theaters and training centers. When people come to Chicago, they're expected to take classes at at least three or four places. They get to immerse themselves in the art form. If they don't make a Herald team at one of the big theaters, they have a thriving indie scene where they can create something of their own. If they don't get hired by Second City, they may end up finding a home at the Annoyance. The opportunities are endless. And I'm not saying Chicago is perfect by any means. Yes, there is still healthy competition and gossip among the theaters, and there can be some arrogance, but it has improved greatly over the years. My wish for other cities is that they see that they have, having more improv theaters is better for the community, not worse. That encouraging your students to play and take classes with everyone will make them better improvisers who will do better shows and hopefully develop a following. And that's, that was JimmyCarain.com. I strongly encourage you to read his blog, not just for improv, but for everything else, because his philosophy is amazing. And he's someone who's got experience. And I like all people inside to hear that and think, yes, we can all work together. There's no need to be territorial. We know that that's happened and that'll happen in the future, because that's, that's what we are, human beings. Uh, and we're scared, we get scared. But supporting each other, and that's one of the main objectives of this podcast, uh, is I think the way to go. Absolutely. And uh, I'm really, really thankful that you came today and talked about your community work and getting all people engaged and all people devoted to the cause of laughter, uh, but also <laughs> beyond that, you know, people who need help. So thank you, Barney. Thank you for having me. And uh, I'll see you soon. Yes. See you, see you tonight, maybe. See you tonight. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye.